0: On this episode of the Heat Check, we've got a couple of special guests, Andy Liu and Sam Esfandiari from the Warriors Light Years podcast, to help us break down a very hot start, <laughs> as well as our viral moment that took the Bay and the NBA by storm. Welcome to the show, Andy and Esfendiari, the host of the Light Years podcast, maybe the most arrogant name in the NBA podcast realm. Uh, you can listen to their podcast anywhere, everywhere podcasts can be found. They are longtime friends of the show. Welcome, guys. It's been uh, a couple of days in the making. Hard to get you guys on the horn.
1: <laughs> it feels good to be right. I'll say that. It feels good <laughs> to be right. It feels it feels good to be light years ahead, so to speak. Even uh, so, you know uh, the Warriors ahead. feel like we're back in fourteen fifteen. So Sam and I are at our at our peak.
2: Trista, have the mentions calmed down since nine and one?
0: No, people are now people are now finding other videos to tr- that have nothing to do with the Warriors. That nine and one clown clown face emoji no. tr- smoking that. Tr- I didn't even here is. Just very quickly before we get into it, like I didn't know what smoking on that insert item pack was. Did you guys know what that was? Yeah. I had no idea. It was like smoking on that Trista Crick pack emoji. Trista is the blunt face, is now a shirt and a meme and a thing. So. so my favorite. We,
2: my favorite was the one who who quote tweeted you with uh, Aaron Rodgers stretching out. <laughs> That would give me a good laugh.
0: there were some good ones, so from both of you guys' perspective, let's recap how we got here. You called it yesterday I the most yep. viral I mean, moment.
2: well, I think so when Andy said they should start nine and one, not to throw him under the bus, but I okay. was like, come on, come on man. that was a little that's that's a little like pie in the sky
0: The tweet I was know. even without clay, the warriors not could. Start nine and one. The Warriors should start nine and one. So So you uh
2: you made a TikTok out of it and it was funny, objectively. We got a good laugh out of it. But then the Warriors start winning <laughs> and it starts hitting us, it's like, oh, oh, this is perfect. And as you start looking at the schedule, you're like, you know, there's really only one game in here that might even be tricky. They might actually get to nine and one. And as it picked up steam, I just think I just think Warrior fans are so excited that they are back. Yes. And you were just the perfect kind of launching point for jokes, right there. You know, you called your shot. It's reasonable to to assume a team won't start nine and one, any team. But then when it happened, it was just it's prime trolling material.
1: Warriors fans waited two plus seasons for that, and it's like, look, the the finals isn't coming up anytime soon. There's nothing really to to go all out and celebrate, but this. This was uh, Warriors fans were were going crazy last season when Kelly Oubre would take a bad shot. Like after five years of going to the finals, somebody had to be the scapegoat. And and when I threw out a tweet about them because of the homer that I am and, and you got back at it, it was perfect. It was like, all right, well, Trista's the uh, the villain. This is easy. You know, the Warriors fans are used to going at, you know, your Nick Wrights of the world, Kendrick Perkins, because they did they, they're not fans of, of Steph necessarily. And and so this was a good one. I mean, this was uh it was like Warriors fans doing therapy, except on in Trista's mentions. It was perfect.
0: It was. And you know what was weird? It was like it went I knew that we were on to something. Because it was it was really designed to be an inside joke, like between me and you two. Like I didn't, if it wasn't you who tweeted that, I probably wouldn't have even paid it any attention then other than like an LOL. Like to make a video about it was really just to kind of like be a kind of a ha-ha moment between me and you two. And then it went viral even in August. It was like... Hundreds of thousands of views on Twitter and TikTok, which never normally really happens. Like, getting traction on Twitter in a video is is really— So I was like, oh, if this ends up happening, this is going to be obviously a big deal. So did you think you guys would actually go 9-1? I
1: I thought thought the Warriors—well, I tweeted that actually before the preseason. So I said that tongue in cheek because the schedule was objectively not good, not hard. Like Sam and I, I had talked, yeah, it was. Uh, Sam and I looked at that and we we're just like, it looked like the end of last season when the Warriors went fifteen and five. So I, I said it tongue in cheek. I, you know, if you asked me to speak the truth, I probably would have said like seven and three. But you watched the preseason, and that's when I was like, ooh. and is realistic, and you remember the Warriors, uh, when Kerr first became the coach, their preseason, they look incredible. The way they were passing and defending, that's what they look right now. And I remember thinking in the preseason, like, damn, some people think
2: preseason doesn't matter, but I might be a genius.
0: You guys are both in the Bay, right? How big did it actually get in the Bay?
2: Uh, Pretty big. I was getting texts from friends (laughs) who don't even listen to my show, by the way. Shout out to my college buddies who give me no respect. Um, (laughs) And they're like, oh, wow. (laughs) <laughs> Your buddy, I was like, yes, my co host, and that they were seeing it, they were seeing it across <laughs> just every channel. Obviously, you were on 95 7, the game out here. Um, it, yeah, it became the talking point of everything around Monday night's game when they were going for 91. Yeah. And I, I assure you that, uh, that Steph knew about it, which is the funny part because Steph's, he did? yeah, he kept, he well, knew like, about it. yeah, he, he did,
1: did. <laughs> because he kept. His buddy kept tweeting about it, and I, which I thought was funny. Um,
2: yeah, they were but, all. But, they were all tweeting the Andy Lou
0: game. No, yeah. they so that, were that's not. That's what that's what
1: makes it, it's a, It's a whole thing. Usually, we know how popular it is if it go, it goes cross platform. You know, because yeah. Twitter's Twitter's Twitter, and, and we have a good following. But if it goes across IG and, and all of this, then it becomes House of then, Highlights stuff. Yeah, like that, yeah. Then it becomes larger. But you know, I like to think that Steph dropped fifty on on what is it now Monday night. Because uh, because he saw the tweet and he was right. He was ready to help out Warriors fans. That's who Andy, Steph is. He's, he's
2: man, of the people. He said Andy and, Lou's been my day one fan. I'm doing yep. it for him.
0: And, and honestly, like they went down big in the first half, and I actually bet on the Warriors to cover three in that Monday night game because if if by golly I'm wrong, I might as well make some money. And if I'm, if I lose the money, then the the narrative is technically, I mean, I would have been still wrong. But like on a technicality, I would, nine and one, you would not be. Um, So I felt like it kind of gave everyone something to look forward to in game 10. And then when Steph went nuclear, it did feel personal. And there was people on TikTok being like, no way Steph is even paying attention to this. This is a total coincidence. Like You're delusional if you think that this, this TikTok had anything to do with this performance. So for everyone on social slandering me, do, you do believe that it had an impact. Is, what, is that what you're saying? I bet
2: a lot of money that he saw your video before the game because I feel like it started picking up traction yep. Friday when they went 8-1. like When it was like, oh... Next, ge- next game. Next game. Queen, we're yeah, coming. exactly. That I, I feel like over the weekend it got a bunch of noise, and as we know, NBA players yep are aware of what's going on online. If it reaches a like, are they aware if some random person tweets like, "Wow, Steph shooting poorly"? Two retweets, four likes. No, but like when something starts gaining a bunch <laughs> of steam, and you start seeing it on Instagram, on TikTok, on you know, across all these things, they're aware.
0: Getting reshared on new accounts like Warriors accounts or whatever. People in the mentions for you and that. And I had I a nine. Say, or... I just
2: like to believe Steve Kerr showed that TikTok before the season started. It's like, all right, guys, <laughs> we got to start nine and one now. We got to do I, it for Andy.
0: I caddied for Steve Kerr, so that's like before I even was in media. So that would be a. He wasn't even a coach. He was working for TNT. I was just trying to get into the media game. So that would actually be be tremendous. I had a, a Niners uh, wide receivers coach who I went to college with, Matt Harper, uh, who was the like a DB for Oregon. And he literally texted me the day of the game and he was like, <laughs> you're trending in the Bay right now. <laughs>
1: Did when Steve was golfing, did so, he make sure to uh, spread the joy? Was he was he letting other people putt for him as well? Like his offensive system is that was that his thing?
0: He's a different guy on the golf course. You know, he uh, he, his beard is grown out. He's much more uh, profanity laden, uh, much more loose and free. He told me a story about how MJ. Because I asked if MJ had any pregame routines, and he's like, "You really want to know?" And I was like, yes, I really want to know. And he's like, he took a gigantic shit before every single game. (laughs) And I was like, that can't be real. And he's like, no. Literally, Phil would be giving us pregame in the locker room. MJ would be in the bathroom, and we we would hear the flush. He'd be like, did you get all that, MJ? I was like, this cannot be a real story. Like, so... Yeah, he was. I, I, he was, I will, wild. I, will say, he was wild. I
1: will say, when I was playing high school hoops, uh, like the professional athlete that I am, we would do, we would do a pregame shits ritual. So me and MJ are kind of the same. I, so yeah. uh, it's we're the same. Yeah, dude. I, I like that final about final you.
0: Story. You know that competitive no. spirit. <laughs> both, both undefeated. So l- now that we're here, obviously the Warriors are hot like fish grease, and now it actually has fueled right. Like they believe, and ninety-five-seven, the game believes. This team is going to go to the finals. Where do you think is a realistic possibility? Because you really Ooh, haven't played Sam. anyone yet.
2: Before the season started, I said they would be somewhere in that three to five range. I optimistically said they could be the three seed. And they felt like if Clay came back, they're a player away from being incredibly dangerous and getting to the finals. I thought they had a really good team, but I'm it's a lot of young players who just kind of haven't been there before next to Steph, Draymond, and Iguodala. Um With that said, you look at the rest of the West, it's so, not that good in yeah. general. So I'm not even sure if the Warriors need to add another player as much as like they just need Klay Thompson back and healthy. I think at minimum they're in the mix. They'll they're not going to win 90% of their games because that would set another NBA record. But uh, um, I do think this team will continue winning a ton of games because they play such a smart and efficient style of basketball on both ends of the floor and just 50% of the league plays just terrible ball, right? Like there's just a lot of wins to be had in some ways. They feel like those late Spurs teams, you know, like the ones where Timmy and Manu and Tony were older, but like it didn't matter who they threw out next to them. They were going to win 60 games no matter what. I don't know if the Warriors get to 60, but I definitely feel pretty confident they're going to get like well above 50 and just be kind of that machine who rolls through wins. (laughs) I, I, I For for some reason, I thought Sam would say because he's
1: been saying all preseason that the Warriors need another piece outside of Clay as well. And, and it's yeah. interesting to see that he's off of that a little bit because I think the Western Conference isn't as good as as it's as it has been. You look at the Clippers; they've got without Kawhi, Denver,
2: the Lakers are I don't know what they are.
1: And those are kind of the three teams they got, that they got fien- the
2: perfect player to slow down LeBron and Russell Westbrook. So. It's,
1: certainly, certainly, it's not going to be Andrew Wiggins, so it's Russ, and so. I think it's it's a good it's good timing for the Warriors. And they have ammo at the trade deadline if they do need to pick someone up and Stefan Draymond go to Jay Lake up and say, Hey, you need to you need to spend this money or you need to make this trade, they still have that in their back pocket. So I think Western Conference Finals is realistic. NBA Finals, you know, you never know what happens. But Western Conference Finals, I think, is their kind of mid-tier projection right now. It would make
0: sense. So the thing that I didn't see coming was Andre Iguodala having so much gas in the tank. Did anybody else see that? Was he just... Playing possum in Miami,
2: help them, (laughs) but like I was thinking 12 to 15 minutes off the bench to kind of stabilize the second unit. He's playing like it's 2015, yeah. He's playing like he's been the third best player on the team, he hasn't been the third best scorer, but like objectively, when he's on the floor, winning things happen. Same way it does with Draymond, he's been. Phenomenal. I don't think anyone saw it coming at this level. I think everyone was just hopeful he would you know, – he'd help you out. There's some nostalgia there. Helps with the locker room. help the younger guys. That sort of – the type of stuff you'd expect from someone who's turning 38 this season. Yeah, we thought he was going to be a coach.
1: Yeah, we thought he was going to be a coach. Turns out he was just chilling the last
2: couple seasons waiting in the weeds and
1: now he's back to who he was.
0: I heard he wouldn't even get like a real place in Miami. Like he just – rented an apartment month to month right next to the arena because he was so like it was not feeling a long-term relationship commitment
1: before the season they had they had Iguodala he it was always funny classic Andre where he told media that the decision was between Brooklyn the Lakers and the Warriors and Sam and I did a pot and we're just like get the fuck out of here like, there's no chance. He's not, no chance yeah. he's going to Brooklyn or L.A. no chance.
0: Yeah, he only wanted to go back to, to Golden State, it felt like. And then Jordan Poole. Like, Jordan Poole has a very AAU style of play, like very loose with the handle. His arm extends way out when he's crossing over. He's just wild. But somehow, some way, averaging close to, you know, 18 points a game, basically what he was in the last 10, 15 games of last year, is is he actually the real deal? Uh, will he be the, this good when Clay comes back, or is he actually just like a slightly better version of of like Kyle Kuzma? <laughs>
2: wow, I think he's I think he's good. I'm not sure how good. There's days I watch him where I'm like, wow, he's like the second coming of CJ McCollum, which is like a comp I like to make because they're they're kind of the same size. They kind of have a similar style. CJ is just far more polished. Yeah. Um, And then there's other days where it's like, slow down, buddy. Where, what are you doing? Everything's moving 5,000 miles per hour for him. And I think that's just the nature of being a young player. So it's like, I ebb and flow between like, is this guy just like a heat check six man type of guy? Or, is he going to be like a, a long-term starter? Yeah, exactly.
0: Jamal, like a Jamal Crawford. We'll
2: say this though: he is deceptively young, given three years in the league. I think he just turned twenty-two. Um, He's deceptively so is, young. That's a new one. Yeah, I don't actually think that's. <laughs> I there's there's upside there. It's just you no. know it's just one of those things. The, we'll see where it goes.
1: They'll need him, um, I, but he might be a couple years away from like truly, truly helping in a Western Conference Finals or an NBA Finals game. But that's
2: that's why Clay's coming back, and that's why he's most likely going to function as six men and not close games uh, when it comes down to it. Yeah. I will say one thing I like about Poole, and I know the Warriors players like about him, it's like he's definitely not afraid. He's, yes. He's pretty cocky. Um, and, you know, there's value in that. You saw it like opening night against the Lakers. You gotta yeah. be you gotta be pretty confident to just pull up from twenty eight in a tie game, with LeBron James and your girl, and like Steph open yeah. to your left side. Like a normal player would be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna give the ball to Steph Curry right now." So, I like that. I think that bodes well for him long term.
0: Speaking of speaking of which, I just we didn't talk about this, but like the new name of the podcast is Heat Check. And because I couldn't take this league with me. And I thought it was so ironic and funny that the broadcasters all night long were like, Steph Curry, heat check, third heat check. They literally said it like 15 times during the broadcast. And I was just like, these motherfuckers, I tell you what. This is fitting. So I don't get it. Like, I really – the the defense is like it was uh, kind of 10, 15 games at the end of last season. Rebounding's way up. They're moving differently without the ball. Like, they're almost back to that strength in numbers year. Like, they didn't add really any pieces. They lost pieces. Yes, losing Ubre and Bays was a, a actually a benefit. Like, what is like? I don't understand how the team is functioning so much differently than they were last year. Oh,
1: I, I have I have a thought around this. I, I please think. Tell st-
0: please tell Steve, me,
1: Steve. I think Steve Kerr won the battle. I think Steve Kerr won the war against Lightyear's Years Podcast. I think the fact that he. <laughs> he kept saying, we're not going to go ISO ball. We're not going to go pick and roll ball. We're not going to do what Luca and Harden does. We're going to keep playing my system. I think the fact that, and and Steph wants to do that too. Let's let's be very clear. I think the fact, so does Draymond and and Draymond has to, Steph could play any system. I I think, uh, I think because of that guys like Damian Lee, guys like Juan Toscano Anderson, and then you've got guys coming in like Nemanja Bialica, who's been better than we thought because he's smart, get better in this system. Instead of doing, like, can you imagine, and Gary Payton too, right? It's just, it's a perfect fit, and the fact that they've played in this system for years, even when they're losing, makes it easier. And, like, can you imagine if Juan Descano Anderson was standing in the corner shooting threes only? Like, instead of actually, like, instead of actually setting screens and cutting and all of that? So, I think Steve was right in that he did not need to make the adjustment because the team didn't have the upside anyway to win a title, and now the entire team has been in the system for three, four years, and Damian Lee looks incredible. He's averaging, like, he's the exact same player that Joe Harris is right now, getting yeah. paid $3 million a season, and it's like, that, that's stuff that, I mean... That, better
0: defense, too. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think Sam could play better defense than Joe Harris, but yeah, I mean, well,
2: that's... us let's, let's not get too <laughs> ahead of ourselves, but, um, and and to tie into it, I think the overarching thing I, I've seen is just like... You know, everyone likes to say, oh, wow, the Warriors, so much shooting. Or, or like, when they were really good, like, so much length and the switching defense. It's, like, kind of the only thing they really need is high IQ players. Kind of the only thing they really need is high IQ players. Yeah. And they basically, it's, yep. like, Kelly Oubre's more talent.
0: They got rid of the low IQ players.
2: Like, Oubre's got more raw talent than Juan Toscano-Anderson. But... Ubre is not much for passing the ball. Little, you know, he wants he wants the ball. He wants to score, um, just by virtue of like putting players who are willing to pass the ball. They play more like the Warriors.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because there were a lot of narratives, you guys and me both, because Steve was making some very questionable decisions last year, being like, i we're not chasing wins. We don't really care that much about that." Like, is Steve Kerr? actually as as great X's and O's as we've always given him credit for. And it feels like he this year you can see that the the seeds that he's planted are turning into like bearing fruit. Where you can say, okay, I get what he's doing. I get what he how he's different than the rest of the coaches in the league. You watch like Portland with Scott Brooks running the offense, which is just absolutely gross. Too many dribble handoffs, no motion. Feels like the Warriors, maybe the Heat and maybe the Suns, a couple of teams that are playing I would I would love to know you know, the introspection that went into his off season because he knew he wasn't obviously getting it done. A couple of years of failure can make you look inside to yourself. Um,
1: more golfing, Warriors, maybe.
0: Yeah, more golfing, more uh, cigars and alcohol. Um, are, are Warriors fans ready to admit that Kaminga and Moody might actually not contribute truthfully in any meaningful way to, like, 2030?
2: I, I don't actually think Warriors fans expect them to. Um, I think that there's always been the assumption that, like, those young guys aren't really going to play that much. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of interesting because it's almost like baseball where it's like, you know how like you get a top prospect in baseball, but they go sit in the minor leagues for a couple of years till they yeah. come yeah. up. You don't really see that in the NBA. You get a top, you get a good player. You, you kind of, you let them play and they let them figure it out. Like we, we watched Anthony Edwards last night, like looks phenomenal. Probably wouldn't look this phenomenal if the wolves didn't let him spend his whole rookie year, just kind of figuring it out. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what I'm curious about. Um, but I think the fan base in general is still like super high on those guys being useful at some point. It's just one of those things where it's like they have a good team now. These players are more for 2025, yep. not 2021. And how do you reconcile those two things? Yeah, I mean, good. the good thing is the NBA has a
1: G League. I mean, I, I bring this up every podcast. The Niners, the NFL doesn't have one. Trey Lance should be playing football eight weeks ago, and he has yet to play a real game, one game, and yet he can't develop. I mean, Justin yeah. Fields is already – he's gotten better. And so with Kaminga, Wiseman, and Moody, it's thank goodness Santa Cruz is there because they can just play there until until they're needed. But Steve also – Steve being Steve, he also puts Kaminga in randomly. Like he put he put Kaminga in against the Hawks in the middle of that first half for like three minutes because just cause he felt like it. Because <laughs> he was like, all right, we'll just change throw him in. The, it. So, change the energy. Yeah, you know, Steve being Steve. So he'll get some play. But, yeah, those guys are most likely in Santa Cruz all season.
0: I talked to the 95-7, uh, the game guys, and they are very high on Wiseman. Like, I, I mean, extremely high on Wiseman. Like, they were like, you just wait. He can do so many things. And I'm like, I think really he just needs to roll to the basket and dunk. Like, I think he really just needs to be put into a little box. The box is for Wiseman to fit into. But they're like, basically, we're trying to bring some stats about how he had the, the best stats of any rookie, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... Bro, so it what? Joe Lake Joe said those. Joe Joe Lakeup. So I don't know what why there is so much hype still around Wiseman. What do you guys? What is your take on that? And like, why do people still continue to believe that Wiseman's going to be some integral piece to the Warriors' twenty twenty one finals run?
2: Well, they.
1: They See, think he twenty
2: four seven po- propaganda. That's they, they 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 really really
1: really do. I mean, because think about it. They, every time people say, "Oh, just wait till Clay comes back and Wiseman," and they put in the same sentence, and I'm sitting there, like, yeah. what The fuck are we doing here? Um, I, they they kind of need him. They they kind of do. I mean, Looney's gotten better. Uh, but he's not. He's he's kind of cooked to physically right, and and who knows if he will last a full season. So I, I think they kind of need him to be in that box, like you said. Um, just protecting the rim and dunking. I mean, look, dunking and running the floor is easy. Defensively, it's going to be tough for him. But I mean, they they need him. They can't just have him play Santa Cruz. He's a seven two center, and they need a big. There's a reason why I think they should have gotten a vet center, but they didn't because they I think they believe in him. I mean, it's yeah. obvious they believe in him.
0: Well, yeah, Joe Lacob loves himself some James Wiseman. Yeah. We know <laughs> that.
1: And, and, he, and he, they kind of they kind of need him to be uh, to be good too. I mean, this Lamelo Ball stuff is is I mean, the kid's ridiculous. They kind of need Wiseman to be. Not, I don't know, what, what what's the name out there that's a big that, you know, Hashim the Beat. Like, they don't need him to be Hashim the Beat out there, right? Like, they need him to or be Marvin a Marvin Bagley. Yeah. That's a
2: better yeah. one, right? Ooh. What a mess. What a mess. Yeah, yeah, considering who went after him. But I will say this. That the last piece, which uh, Andy didn't mention, Wiseman did have some incredible flash plays last year. Yeah. Yeah. So you know how that goes. Like, he is physically you know, like outlier and like some of the, some of the plays he'd make just, it it makes you think like, wow, when this guy gets more consistent, he can be amazing. So, and that's another aspect of it. It's like, now how long does it take to get consistent? I don't know. I'm a little more of a realist about it with young players. I don't think it's something that's going to happen in six months, but maybe.
0: What? So we've gotten a few plays: Harden, uh, Dame, you have... Uh, multiple tray, multiple guards right. that are being severely affected by either the ball or the rule change or both. Uh, why is this not affecting Steph, like at all?
1: I, I, this is my favorite topic of the NBA. Go ahead, <laughs> really? Go ahead, go ahead. This is this – is, um, be- because – the fact that the NBA tried to use Steph as the poster child for foul baiting was BS from the beginning. And, and all Warriors fans would tell you that and know that because we watch every game, and we get mad when Steph foul baits. We get angry because we're like, Steph, just, just hoop. You're not good at foul baiting. Like, Damon and Harden are elite foul baiters. Like Trey are, uh, They're some of the best I've ever seen. So I think what they did was they predicated their game around that when Steph didn't. Steph tried to infuse that as part of the game, but he's so shitty at it. That he never actually got good at it. So when it's when now that he doesn't have to do it anymore, good. He's back to just being who he was before. I think deep down, Damon Harden and Trey will be fine. I think it's just going to be adjustment period because they're playing fraudulent basketball for so damn long.
0: But I mean, Dame is now shooting like 25% from three. Like they are bricking too. Like so the ball seems... To be affecting some people as well, but not Steph. Like, Steph put up 50. Yeah.
2: I think the other thing is so, like, it's not just the drawing of fouls. Like, we, we all know, like, you know, Trey Young, like, neck snap type of yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's the fact that defenders are so kind of terrifying to get up on guys because yeah. they will foul them that had those guys mm-hmm. shooting higher percentages. Like, mm-hmm. I think, I think Trey's a good shooter. Trey's not Steph Curry and he takes Steph Curry shots. Neither so now if, a def- now if if a yeah. defender can get up on him without fear of fouling him, the bricks are going to look bad. You know, yeah. Steph is the only player who can take those stupid shots and still make them in an efficient clip. And I think that's really where you're, you're seeing it affected. It's not like the three extra free throw trips. It's like the defender's not having the right. fear of it they can get up on them.
0: right? Yeah, and it really does accentuate how much better of a shooter Steph is than everyone else, right?
1: Yeah, yep. which we tried to say that he's he's that much because the, then the we love Dame, but the the Dame Steph comparisons where they were on the same level the last two, three years were we didn't say anything because he's so likable. But come on, like, come on. Like what? <laughs> Interesting. We know, you know, Portland, Portland. yeah, Yeah, we love Dame too. But like off the dribble, there's nobody like Steph. I mean, set shot. I mean, Clay might be better than Steph set shot shooting, but just off the dribble. I mean, there's nobody, not even KD is is as good as Steph.
0: So just for the record, we now have a team that is ten and one. I need a record prediction for you because and also will Warriors fans and the Warriors team thank me and you if this team goes like seventy four and eight.
1: No chance. No chance <laughs> no, chan- no chance. Absolutely no, they just take, they take, they they t- they take. You know, not enough praise. I don't get enough love. Um, I, you know what? I was thinking about this prediction. W- wait, do we think we they go sixty and twenty two? Like that? That would be like I, I kind of want to throw that out there, but uh, I sound crazy again. But I could be a genius again. Like, I don't
0: but know. you know, I'm thinking we should coordinate this, because I am gonna say I'm gonna whatever you say, I'm gonna dispute again. This is us planning it out via interview of. You should say the Warriors. With it, at this rate, the Warriors should go seventy-three and nine. At this rate, seventy-four and eight would be the math. And I would say there's no shot, absolutely no possibility. Warriors don't go to the finals.
1: It's so like WWE. Andy
0: Lou smoking that crack again, smoking that Trista Pack again. Everybody knows that I'm the greatest mush like in the NBA, like in all bets, like anything that I say will just the opposite. If I put it on TikTok, the opposite happens. What, what do you think the realistic record is? I know you said 60 is a stretch, Sam, um, but they, are, they have a very weak schedule, um, especially in the first half. Um, what, what do you think the, the ceiling is for this record and the ceiling for their, their, their expectations, I guess, for where they finish in the playoffs?
2: At this point, I do think getting the one seat is realistic because just watching them play – as long as Steph is healthy, relatively, you know, everyone's going to miss a couple games here and there. They should just roll wins. Like I, they have a formula that works. Um, I think winning over 60 games is realistic. I'll hedge it Ooh. and say, I think they're going to probably win more like 55 or so, but I'm seeing nothing through these first 10 games. that doesn't feel at least regular season sustainable the whole year through. Now in the playoffs, a lot of that really does depend on, is Clay like back back by the time the playoffs yeah. start? How how good does he look? Like we think he'll be able to shoot the ball, but can he move defensively? Those sort of things. If Clay uh, obviously is not back, then that dramatically lowers their ceiling. But we're kind of just assuming, you know, he's going to come back around Christmas, and you know, hopefully around April, he'll have rolled into being a, um, you know, kind of a, a, the version of Clay we remember pre-injury or close enough to it. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: think because uh, they've banked too many wins at this point to be 500 when Clay comes back. I mean, I guess it could happen, but like a lot of people were thinking before the season, it's like, okay, kind of stay afloat till Clay comes back, then you get a turbo boost. But now it's like the Warriors are going to be 15, 17 games over 500. And then when Clay comes back, they're going to be even better. So. I mean, you could look at the Bucks, kind of. They won 60 games and 56 games. I think the Warriors are like right there, 56 to 60 games first in the way. They've just won too many games at this point unless Draymond or Steph gets hurt. And we saw Draymond last night. I mean, he's probably going to be out on Friday because he banged knees and now, now he's hurt. And, uh, you know, you can see that happen. But, I mean, this team is on, on that path. The only question is do they have enough top-end top talent when Clay comes back to win in the playoffs. But we'll wait. We'll, we'll do this again 3 months from now and we'll wait to talk about that. For now it's so 60 wins.
0: Is this right now what well you see if they add no nothing else. Clay is 100% or is close to 100% healthy when he's rolling. April comes, he's mobile. Is this a finals team?
1: I I think without a doubt. Because we've saw we've seen this be a finals team. Like I don't understand the the hesitation where people say, "Well, they might not be good enough. They haven't played any real people. We've seen Steph Clay and Dream on win at the highest level, at the absolute highest level. And if they're healthy, they're essentially that. They're essentially that good again. They're just smarter and older, <laughs> and maybe a little bit slower, but they're just as good.
2: Yeah, and and I, I would keep pointing this out. Who in the West has a who Who in the West? is better than Steph Clay and Draymond at their peak. Now a lot of that depends on what Clay comes back looking, but like Utah, come on. You know? The Lakers, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna write them off because LeBron and AD, you know, that's You haven't said
0: anything about the Suns. You guys are feeling like the Suns are sort of a fraudulent flash in the pan team or what?
2: No, they're a good team, but I, I don't I do think they're kind of fraudulent. But yeah. I don't think they're fraudulent, but I'm also not like I don't think they'd be overwhelming favorites against a healthy Warriors with Klay Thompson. At minimum, I'd say it's a good series. If Phoenix won, then so be it. But I, it wouldn't be like – there's no chance that Phoenix would beat the Warriors in like less than six games in a series like that if both teams were fully healthy. Well of, they- course. of course.
0: If they go to the finals, me and Andy need to get courtside tickets because we are responsible for the hot start. Because who knows what kind of motivation. We never know how people get their motivation, but we know me and Andy provided a shitload of motivation for them to start 9-1. and That's what we do. That's all the time that we have for the this league. Actually, that's woo, That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check podcast. I know. I'm still in the, the rote memorization mode. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, we're going to have to do this again as time goes on. And... Andy, it's time for you to make another tweet prediction so that we can go viral once again as the season goes on. Maybe around the All Star break, you could do that when Clay comes back. Uh, Sam, thanks for making time. Andy, thanks for making time. I know you guys are busy too.